So we discussed last time um, dreams that are um, of nonsense, which which we said is the result of um, either things that we interacted with during the course of that day, or uh, different chemical processes, what he calls aid, you know, fumes that go up to the brain, right? We can call it, uh, I don't know, certain compositions in your blood. You ate, you ate a heavy steak dinner before going to sleep, and you're tossing and turning and having nightmares the whole night. And that's because of um, you know, the physical things that are being sent up to your brain in your bloodstream. Things like that. Okay, so that's that's all just regular people's dreams. Then, um, as we said, um, we were kind of laying the foundations for what we're about to start discussing now, which is already some communication with the upper realms. So he told us that, that although the nefesh stays tied up with the with the body even during sleep time, but the rest of it can go up higher and can interact with certain things. And by the way. The thing that down here, the only koch that stays active is the koch hadimian, right? That's kind of the one that was running wild in regular dreams, taking certain snippets of something you heard, something you saw, something you thought about, and putting it together into some really weird dream, right? But now we're going to see the beginnings of why the koch hadimian actually does stay um activated whereas the rest of the kohos are not yeah so therefore here we go we're in towards the end of Perak aleph which means we're halfway into os vov by me it's the paragraph that starts with your muscle the omnum about halfway into that paragraph yeah says the ramchal Siga sometimes, besides in the Shamash is being able to go up and interact and get some stuff from up there, sometimes that stuff can actually make its way down here to the nefesh atachtona, um, meaning to the person, right? And this or hadimyan. This is what we've been driving at the entire time. That as when this disembodied, abstract concept, non-physical concept, that our mind is not really equipped to handle, right? We don't deal well with absolutely non-physical things. And we, we, in fact, one of the greatest challenges to learning was called Chochmas HaNister, Chochmas HaPnim, Chochmas HaEmes, Kabbalah, whatever you want to call it. One of the greatest challenges to it is people's desperate need to be Midgashem, to give physicality to everything. And um, you know, even the words that we have, really, in one way or another, all come from physical sources. Um, so, yeah, so you're trying to describe an absolutely spiritual system using physical words, I mean, words that are really meant to relate to physical objects, and a mind which is used to only understanding physical entities. So it's very challenging, and um, that's part of the reason why a person shouldn't learn Kabbalah unless they are Molly Christ of Shasa Poskin. There, he's a mature thinker, right? 
he's a nuanced thinker. He's uh, able to relate to lambdas, to, to abstract concepts without the physicality per se, because otherwise it, the, there's a big danger of relating to non-physical concepts, not physical entities as physical. So okay. What does that look like? How could you do that? You're saying you're just grasping something like, as it is? You're saying without... Uh, no, no, no. Again, you know, if you if you ever heard of the concept that chesed is on the right and gvur is on the left. Yeah? So, right and left are physical concepts. Yeah? They're physical hands. Right hand, left hand, whatever. Um... Chesed is not on the right or the left. Left uh, din is not on the left or the right because right and left are not relevant to up there, right? Rather, these are just ways for us to be able to relate to a certain relationship. So just like the right relates to the left, just like the right hand in the person relates to the left hand in the person with a particular relationship where the left hand serves and facilitates the right hand to be able to get a more sophisticated, more fine job done, so to din is something that will facilitate chesed to be able to get his job done. Say something like that, right? So, but people tend to want to look at pictures, make diagrams, and uh, and then they just tend to think of them as the diagram. But there is no, you know, that's that's if you, if you get stuck in the marshal and you don't understand that this is there is nothing physical up there. There is no right. There is no left. There is no nose and there is no ear, right? So then, um, then kind of going in the wrong direction. Um, okay, so here we go. So uh, sometimes this information that the nishama receives up there actually makes its way down to the mind, and there it's formed by the aroused the kohadimian. And the Kohadimin does what it does, which is to paint pictures. Yeah? Which means it creates the, uh, a picture, which necessarily entails in it physical entities, which correlate to the spiritual concept that the that's being fed into it. So we gave the example last time of a very kind look, you know, if you want to talk about kindness, you think about a very kind looking old man, right? Mm-hmm. Or an actor, or whatever it may be, right? But obviously, you know, in none of these things are relevant in higher realms, even the concept of doing an act of kindness itself may be a bad, may be a bad example, because what does it mean, doing acts of kindness? Uh, who are doing acts of kindness with, with exactly, right? The, the, it's a power of so, that doesn't mean exactly that. Okay? I'll share with you guys a marshal. So talking about these things. What is real, what's not real, how, how do you relate to these things? So, uh, <coughs> once talking with Avrich, he said that he was in one of Ramosha Shapiro's, the Yitzhak Lavrocha's Shurim, and Ramosha was mentioning a very common concept, a very well known concept that. Um, a man is again obviously there's always a spectrum some men are 
you know, more on the spectrum, you know, very extreme men's men, right? Some are kind of more um, closer to the middle. Some women are very, very feminine. Some women are closer towards the middle. So there's definitely maybe even some overlap, right? But uh, but just the, the archetype is that a man is primarily embodies the attribute of chesed, and uh, a woman primarily embodies the attribute of din. So so this Africa says Ramosha, I don't get it. You know, it looks like the it looks like the man is he's like the tough one. He's the he's the you know one that can uh, I don't know take you know, take charge or whatever whatever it is. Whereas the mother tends to be more nurturing and kind and whatever. So it seems to be the opposite. So Ramosha looked at him. A long couple of seconds, and he said to him, "From your question, I see that you have no idea what chesed and din are. So, because c- what happened? He was understanding chesed to be like, you know, in a, in a, in a physical sense of uh, giving, you know, giving out candy or whatever it is, right? And." And and uh, he was understanding, you know, doomed to be getting angry or whatever it is, right? Um, those are the physical manifestations down here, maybe. But the, 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 there's more abstract concepts. What they really stand for, which you know, just to give you a taste of it, is Hasid is more um, proactive. If anything, yeah, that, that's a better. It's a better descriptor of Hasid. Uh, Dun is reactive, right? Uh, Chesed is expansive. Dun is contractive, right? But those are difficult to draw in a ch- in a children's book, right? So, um, so, so that's that's an issue of being midgashem, something um, instead of being able to use the words. Because the words were initially, the words themselves are words that describe physicality. And yet, we're trying to use these words, and we're trying to use this mind, this brain of ours, to relate to non-physical entities, which is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyway, that, uh, so, so the Koach Adimian uh, is that transformer. It is that thing that, that helps us to do that, to take non-physical entities and paint them, depict them in a physical way that we could relate to the vision that someone has, uh, that will actually transmit that that message in in, in in that vision. Okay. Now the Ramchal just points out that there's two possibilities. Number one uh, of of nonsense being contained in these dreams. These are what we're talking about right now. We're talking about dreams. We're talking about a person receiving a dream from heaven, basically, right? From up, from higher up. Now, than that, there's two possibilities. Number one. Uh, Two different stages uh, the, where there could be introduction of other things. Number one is the source itself could be a flawed source. It could come, instead of coming from an angel, it could come from a, some other entity, a negative entity, such as a, uh, you know, a demon of sorts or, or whatever, a certain kohosatuma. Yeah? So then the, the whole the, the thing that he's receiving is actually would be, would be false information. That's one. 
and then two is even what he, if he were, if if what he receives is from an angel as as is true information, right? But then his own mind, like we said before, dreams also contain in them um, some of the things that he saw earlier that day, things that we've been thinking about, some of the you know fumes and extra high levels of sugar or fat or whatever it is that are floating around in our blood that can make a person dream funny things. So then it would be you know, that, that concept, but with some um, funny admixtures to it. <laughs> can, can I, just to clarify the overall no. one, of, one of the overall points of this, I'll... Uh, so the, the, the idea, we have to sleep, right? Because there has to be a reconnect or a recharge to a certain extent. And when we're sleeping because there's a separation, the that's where the, the dream part comes into play because there is the separation between the spiritual and the physical. Like meaning Hashem doesn't necessarily need for us to actually experience the dream per se, it just happens by default because there is a separation. So it doesn't follow that. What is the purpose of a, of, of a, of a dream if there's really no purpose to actually understand what why, the dream why is? Why is there no purpose to understand what the dream is? Because we're, I thought we're saying we're not going to know what really what the source is. So what's, is the, if there's... And yet we see that the, 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 the Gemara Brachas talks extensively about interpreting dreams. Right. So I've, if, if the individual, I guess, is on a higher spiritual level where there's less physicality involved and more opportunity, I guess, for um, truth, truth to be to come through. And I, ca- I can see why there's a, a purpose, but... That, well, yeah, that would be the purpose for other people as well. It means to say, like we said before already, uh, you know, the real true purpose of all this, mm-hmm. on a very, very high level, is prophecy. Right, So because each, per- each person has the ability to be a prophet, essentially, right? right? right. So, but um, the, the reason why that the that there is the dream in the first place is because there's the separation. That's what allows for the dream to happen. Right. That's not why. The reason why is because Hashem wants for us to be able to some communication uh, and interaction, ability to connect to the higher realms. Okay. In, in, in its extreme form being prophecy. And is that really the purpose of sleep then? So that's what we're saying. It's seeming that's where this yeah. is going. Okay. Right? The Rukhal doesn't tell us what the purpose of sleep connection. is. Right. Super question. Um, so I think last time we spoke about like the Jews only being the, 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 being the only ones who are able to achieve prophecy, right? Right. So what happens with 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 a ger? Like, so he, does he get he gets a new neshama completely, and now he's capable of doing it? How does that that or an elevator? Yeah. So before he still does have like you know nefesh ruach neshama chay chida. Yeah, but they they they're different. Uh, he he hasn't chosen to go into it. But uh, yeah, they are the are there convert prophets. Are there prophets that were from convert? Um, I want to say that they're. Because why would they not be able to? Yeah, get yeah, I don't see why not. Right, I just but, don't know any of But uh, yeah, I'm not uh, knowledgeable enough in prophets it's to answer that question. It's because they still have all of these, these like stages of the neshama but now they can 
access it? Or yeah, no, no, they're it? very different. It's very different. The Shama of a, of a non-Jew is very, very different than the Shama of a Jew. It's totally different Madrigus. Uh, you know, the, the Sefer Lekutah Amorim talks about how, you know, that that there's every neshama has the outer husk to it and the inner kernel and you know by them the you know the the inner kernel of theirs is like the outer husk of ours it's kind of uh it's not meaning it is something that does not allow them to be to have prophecy like we learned earlier that you know that after the hate of other Mauritians, humanity fell. Everyone had the chance to come back. For 20 generations, Hashem waited, and no one but Avram Avinu came back. And Avram Avinu came back and was Mikabal's heart connected Kulo. Right? So, that, and that is, that is what it is. And then they had another chance at Harsinai. That again didn't work out. Right? We discussed this. So, yeah, right now that's, that's the state. Okay. So, um,. So we're talking about here dreams, and some dreams are more explicit, some dreams are less explicit, some dreams are more interpretable, some dreams are less interpretable, right? Um, the, these dreams do have some mixture of, of nonsense in them. Uh, that's what Chazal said, that Yishar lechalom bleed dvorim betelim, it's impossible for a dream, not a prophecy, but for a dream, without some nonsense in it. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, you can get very important information in them, and uh, you know so much so that lahalacha is brought lahalacha that the, there is a concept of a, of a tainus halom where a person has a bad dream and he has a strong feeling that this dream is indeed, you know, bearing negative tidings. And by fasting the entire next day, he can ameliorate that dream, right? So that, uh, and, and that's viewed that, as being so important. Is that ex- ameliorate, that's further explained or get rid of, or what is... To offset. offset. To, uh, Why? What is that word? Just because it's like a chuba thing? You're using a chuba? Whatever. Yeah, I mean, we fast on all, you know, whenever you have a bad potential decree against us, right? The Tisha B'Av or whatever it is, right? Yeah, like there's some something in the article center for something like that, too. I've ever seen that amelioration of dreams or something. Yeah, I mean, there's an idea. Yeah, so, you so you make a, you can gather a, a based enough people and you can say to them, I had this very bad dream, I'm afraid, you know, they, right? And then they, they uh, help you to offset it, right? So, this is, uh, yeah, it's, um... What does that do? Just because you're being less physical, so therefore... Well, let's just take a step back, right? Let's take a step back. So, he says over here that all this is happening under Hashem's direct guidance, right? Nobody's sending anybody dreams when they're not supposed to be. So, whatever your neshama is getting is being sent to it from... with the guidance of Hashem from high up. Now, why would Hashem want to do that? So the Gemara Brachas talks about all sorts of things. There's a long marshal about this, uh, going through all the different cases. But basically, um, you know, 
one thing is a person might need to just get a little bit of a fright. Oh, maybe he's doing something that's not so good. Maybe he needs, maybe he potentially might even have a punishment on the way. So if he just gets this fright and he fasts, he can kind of get that. Just right. showing he gets the message, I guess. Well, that's like it's supposed to take the place of the actual bad thing itself. Either, either he thing. got right, either he got the message, or that he just accepted a certain level of affliction. Like we said, Yisurim themselves or Machaper, just the the fundamental. Mm-hmm. Even without the Tshuva, just the Yisurim itself is Machaper, right? So, by being Miyasser his goof, um, by pulling away from physicality. So that that itself will, will give a certain level of kapara. Um, certainly, uh, you know, makes sense that he should be doing chua during that time as well. But yeah, so that's uh, even for even for regular people. If they have a very powerful dream, maybe a recurring dream, maybe a you know, it's he can tell this is real. It's not just something, right? Then it's uh, something they should be taken seriously. Now, you know, uh, again, you have to be very careful because people, if a person, say, is watching screen things, television or, or some other form of um, watching stuff, right? So well, you, you can see a whole lot of different terrible garbage on there <laughs> and then have really, really strange dreams afterwards, right? So first of all, obviously, it's a bad idea by itself before the dreams, right? But also then... If you're having dreams about some you know, monster devouring you or something, you know, that probably would be explainable according to some of the things the person has been watching, right? So, uh, but you're talking about if a person um, doesn't have that type of garbage coming into his head, right? And then still he has some really disturbing dream. Where did that come from, right? I wasn't thinking about anything even close. I hadn't, I hadn't heard anything like this previous number of days, right? Why would all of a sudden I be having this experience, right? Okay, that's that's concerning. That's, you know, then, then that's different. Okay, but the point is, uh, you know, you ate a 16-ounce steak, right, before going to, bre- to bed, right? Okay, probably those dreams are going to be very heavily impacted by the, by the chemical imbalance in the body. So... Just to clarify again, this isn't a bad dream or, or a scary dream in general. It's a very vivid, very specific type of scary dream. Again, we're, we're talking about specifically by tightness halom, by fa- by a fast that has to do with the tightness. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're talking about uh, th- that um, a bad dream, and it kind of feels to the person like this is a tiding from heaven. Right? But. Uh, because is that quantity very vivid? I mean, I can't necessarily say, "Oh, this must be a message." I don't, you weren't even supposed to do that. I thought, say, like, that? "Oh, this must be from Hashem. This must be Why? like this must be like Hashem sending me a message." Uh, we could you could say it about anything in life because everything is from Hashem. So yeah, um, but again, what we're talking about that a person feels like I, I was shown something. I had a dream, a very vivid dream. Maybe you're right. Maybe it has to do with being vivid. And maybe very relevant. Maybe it feels like, oh wow, you know, 
the person has a certain feeling that this is significant. It seemed like that, that would be. A, I, I mean, I know we're explaining obviously dreams very specifically right now, or very, very clearly in terms of the purpose of it. But it's, I guess from my own yeah, it can be a bit tricky. It needs right. to say you know, again. Uh, part of what I'm pointing out is that the more people are exposed to a lot of different garbage out there, the more difficult it's going to be to to discern those. Okay. But you're saying you would know. You, I mean. You would have a feeling. If you were talking, like, well, you know, if I'll tell you this, if, uh, if if all you've been doing for the last two weeks is learning and davening and doing mitzvahs, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have this like really disturbing dream, then I would say, well, you know, where did it come from? Let's let's talk about it. Right, um, right a really disturbing dream, not just waking up and being like, oh. Thank God, just a dream. Um, these are very difficult to quantify. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. But again, but but just to come back, I don't want to walk away from dreams as having being, being only relevant to scary. These could be dreams about the future, predict the future. These could be good dreams, very exciting dreams, dreams with wonderful tidings in them. In fact, the Gemara says sometimes that's how they pay a person out in this world for something. Just send them a good dream. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I feel like kind of missing out. What? It depends on the dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that is uh, that is all. So is that um, something to potentially further explore then as well? And in, in terms of like a person has a really good, very vivid, positive dream. That they can. That that's also something that should be discussed potentially. Not necessarily because what what are you looking? Mean either either you you receive your reward, okay. and that'll be the end of it, or this good thing will happen, and it'll be even better. So there's no way to say like, oh, I, I thank you for like the the taste. <laughs> Let's have that. How about we take the next step and bring it into quality or something like that. Um, yeah, not aware of anything like that. Meaning the yeah, it's a it's a long sugi over there in in, in brachas. If you if you want to look into it, towards the end of Masachas brachas. Okay. All about dreams. Like I said, there's a long marsha. He puts all those gemaras together to give you one grand thesis on how to deal with dreams. Okay. Fine. And the Ramchal just says that this is all to do with dreams. Even though we're talking about dreams where you're receiving some messages from up high, right? But still just dreams. Not to be confused at all with prophecy. Totally different thing. Okay? Which we will get to. That's the show. In the not the next parak, but the parak after that. Okay, so in, in, in parak base, we're going to be talking about Absolutely. magic. Oh, magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, kind of kishu means sorcery. 
Magic is good and witchcraft is bad. That's is that the basic breakup? Magic is good. Yes. Wi and witchcraft is bad. Right. Witchcraft is more like satanic type of thing. Yeah. Is that what I'm saying? Right. right. So, so if that would be the divide, then that's that's what we're going to be discussing over here as well. Okay. okay. So in Os Aleph, the Ramchal presents us, just kind of reminds us of some of the basics of how the world is built. And again, this is going to be important for understanding how um, theurgy is going to work. Right. So number one, everything is rooted in the Kohos and Abdalim, Right. Uh, the branches are down here in this world. Um, the ikra, the primary existence of it, is up there. The expression is down here. Um, The higher you go, the more spiritual it is. The lower you go, the more, you know, lubushim it takes on, the more concretized it gets. Sorry, really quick clarification. Focus on Abdelim are the spiritual entities that are connected to each of the physical uh, counterparts. Connected in a very distant way. This is in the world of Bria. Remember, it was the way of the world of Bria, where, where we have the disembodied powers, Kochus right. and Dalim. Um, we said those were the Spheros, She'enim, Shelokus. Not divine spheres, not to be confused with divine attributes. But more spiritual powers. I gave you guys an example last time, you know. That so we could think about the apartment. Yeah. What? The apartment? No, 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 that was with the soul. That was oh, right. parts of the soul. Um, no, the the kokos and the would be, you know, just like everything happens down here. For example, right? Yeah. Is governed by gravity, by um, you know electromagnetic forces, um, nuclear forces, right? Now, these forces, you can't pin them down anywhere. They're not located inside of any object, right? They are concepts that completely um, transcend everything, all, all the physical objects that we know, right? And yet they impact all of them. So these are not... So they're non-physical... What? It's not connected to a physical counterpart. It's the governing... Spiritual principles, powers. right? Spiritual that, principles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then from them, you know, they act as the roots to the branches of which is the physical world. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, what we spoke about back then would be a spiritual energy, let's say, of Chesed, a spiritual energy of of um, Din, spiritual energy of Rachem, whatever those mean. Again, without making them physical the way that we would relate to them. Um, okay, so... Right? 
Um, so when you when you when you use magic or whatever, you're, you're tapping into these cohos and you're pulling. We're gonna, we're gonna see. So first, that's exactly what he's going to talk about, right? Um, so, so it all stands in a certain, like a, a shellshellus, like a, like a chain, right? Where the lower worlds connected up to the higher worlds, and when you make a change up there, it causes changes down here. Yeah, and it's obviously very particular systems, very exacting systems with things connected in, in you know, the way that, the, 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 that Hashem set it up. So, um, you know, trees primarily are going to be tied into certain, and water to other ones, etc., right? So then, someone who's going to want to affect a change down here, right? So, right, so number one, what you're, wanting, you, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to cause a movement up there in the Kohus of Dalim. Or in the Malachim, which is one stage lower than that. That's in the world of Yitzira, primarily. Right? The Pekidim, those that are appointed. I thought we said a while ago, like maybe the first chapter, that that, that, that Jews are the only ones who are able to affect. But isn't like a, it's like a two-way system for, for a Jew, specifically, right? And everybody else just has things acted. So how does that work? How could you have like the like the magicians in Egypt you know, do, do these things? Like, like pull on these codes or uh, how they look yeah yeah what we're talking about over here is tapping into the Kohos Atuma that's going to be, that's what the Egyptian, you know, necromancers and, and uh, witchcraft and all that type of stuff are going to do. What we were saying is a person, a Jewish person doing, doing a regular action, you know, shaking a lulu, doing an act of kindness, um, you know, whatever it is. Uh, uh, so the only way that they can affect change is through kohos. Yeah, here you're talking about Mean, here you're talking about actually tapping into those spiritual entities, right? As opposed to as opposed to doing physical acts down here, change, you know, overcoming your anger, and that goes and changes things up up, up in the heavens. You hear the difference? I mean, outside of it, one being evil and one being good. No, talking about here, we're talking about talking about physical acts. Let's say. Physical yeah. actions that two people do. They're not using any special names, not doing any any spooky stuff. You didn't get angry at particular patient, and your coworker, who is not Jewish, also didn't get angry at the same patient. You're not getting angry made a huge change really high up. He's not getting angry, did not do that. Whereas, what we're going to be talking about over here is not physical actions, right? That's that's what we learned back there. Back there, we, what we learned is that a person's regular, plain old day-to-day actions, right? Jewish people are able to change the world through those. Right. right? 
Now we're going to be talking about something else. We're going to be talking about, you know, people who are aware of how things work up there and they tap into them and they have ways of accessing them and doing stuff. So then if you're doing it, you're doing it. Yeah, but that's different than where you're very regular actions you're eating or you know whatever it is you're going to sleep on time you're making sure to finish your pages of their Hashem right that should you should do that this where you actually use the Shem Hashem to mess with the cocos that's, that's different <laughs> even for the <laughs> Egyptian uh, that, that, that is what they're doing yep but they're okay Okay. Magic has seemingly a, a more obvious and direct effect in terms of change, right? Right. That's because it's tapping into something. Into the spiritual forces directly. Directly, whereas with, with doing a physical action here. For Jew. Right, for Jew. Right. It doesn't necessarily have the same maybe immediate effect, or maybe there's you know, like a kind of pinpoint effect, right? It, it, it's kind of tends to be more diffuse type of meaning, you know, uh, broader, broader, right? More kind of grand scale type of thing, as opposed to you know, if you can identify the one lever, you just actually reach up your hand up into heaven, like you pull that lever, right? So that's like a very uh, direct thing, right? And Hashem is obviously aware of that as well. Hashem is aware of this chapter in the Der Hashem, right? This one, this one, Hashem was was uh, paying attention when it was being written. It's weird, like how Hashem can allow the system to be manipulated in that way. You think why would Hashem want to do that? Again, the answer is always for the good. I mean to say it's meant to be used for good. Now, can a person misuse the system? Yes, but it's meant to be for good. So we're going to learn Bez Hashem next week. Um, no, about about the system, and about you know, we will discuss as well why Hashem um, would set up such a system where that could that could even be done. Okay.